It's a pleasure to be joined by the Leader of the Opposition, Simon Bridges, for the next 20 minutes or so. If you've got a question you'd like to put to Simon, by all means you can text it to us, 9292, and then your question. Good afternoon, Simon. G'day, guys. Good to talk to you. Really nice to yes, talk with likewise. you. Now, no pressure at all, but we talked to your lovely wife uh, a week or two ago, <laughs> and by gosh, what an extremely wonderful, charming, lovely person she was. Bright, intelligent. Gee, I, has she ever thought about getting into politics, <laughs> the con- Simon? <laughs> the contrast is scary. Yeah. No, no, no. Somehow, look, I just sort of was uh, somewhat confused by your uh, preoccupation with my budgie smugglers. <laughs> that's, just, that's right. That's we, we did ask about that, didn't we? Whatever. It's a free world. Free yes, world. absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Well, look, thank you very much for coming on the show with us, Simon. We're really delighted uh, to great. have you on the show. Just to, because it's very topical at the moment, you may have heard uh, Radian Ramsey mention it in the news. What would you do if you were in government with Ihimato? Oh, pretty simple. Look, I, I'd say no. I mean, I think well, what the government's got to do is they've got to immediately reject this call uh, by Ewe uh, to to go go and effectively negotiate with Fletchers and pay some money over, and then give uh, hand the land over to the, the Kingitanga and, and Ewe. And that that may sound harsh, uh, you know, given the. The, the sense of this and these guys being there for, look, I think a month now, yeah. literally. But the, the problem is this, it's the precedent it sets. And what, what this would do is it would, uh, and I'm sure of this because I've talked with a number of iwi leaders who are, um, and I don't mean this in a bad way, they, they, they just, they, you know, treaty settlements are, are, are contracts ultimately. They're rubbing their hands because this would call into question the full and final treaty settlement process. And I suppose think about it like this, what, what you've got here in relation to this land is you've already got a full and final treaty settlement with the local iwi. And the other thing you've got is this is private land, right? Mm. And private land has never, since Bulger and uh, Doug Graham started treaty settlement processes, whatever it is now, you know, some 30 years ago, uh, it has never been part of it. And, you know, some, some may say that's not fair, but I tell you what the problem is, if you look at, certainly where I'm from, the upper North Island, most most of that land um, uh, would be up for, for grabs, and we, we just as a country couldn't afford to, to go there. So I, I think the government's got to say, no, they've got to be emphatic about that. Uh, in Jacinda Ardern's absence, I think that falls on Calvin Davis, who's her deputy leader and the uh, Crown uh, Iwi Relations uh, Minister. Mm. Thank you very much indeed about that, Simon. Let's move to something completely different, the sex scandals, which of course have been huge, huge news for a long, long time now, it feels like. As a matter of interest, do you think this is a game changer as far as voters go? Because just so you know, we spent about an hour talking with people on air about this, and our feeling is that while people are deeply concerned about it, it's potentially not a game changer. What do you think? Oh, game changer, I wouldn't say uh, it's a game changer. And as much as, you know what, uh, us uh, in national, certainly, we're not focused on this particularly. It's it's about an economy and what you do about that. We've got GDP numbers out tomorrow. You know, we're worried about business confidence things there. It's about health, education, infrastructure, right? The other things that turn an election is, are you focused on the things that Kiwis want you to be and are you going to do a better job on them and deliver a a good... So that's, that's, that's elections and polls and all those things. I suppose what I would say about these things, though, is... 
Uh, we, we, none of us should trivialise them, and I know you're not. You're not. I'm not saying you're suggesting you're doing that. I think the other thing about them is it, leadership ultimately uh, is about how you deal with the the hard stuff that comes your way. And so I suppose people will be looking at this and saying, you know, has it been dealt with? Well, I think I think personally the inarguable answer to that is, look, it just hasn't been. It's been months of process and cover up from the Labour Party, and then there's a question of, you know, what what was going on in the beehive to let it get to this, and then what can they do now to right the wrongs? Uh, and you know, I've, I've clearly got a few views on that as well. Why was Paula Bennett doing a lot of the speaking in the last week with the sex scandal, Simon? Where where were you? Pretty simple. Uh, she had the complainants, uh, the victims, come to her in the end five, and I, I suppose the. Uh, uh, if you want to put it sort of as a rhetorical question, what what she meant to do, right? Um, she got them come come to her. What do they do? Um, what does she do? I think she's got to, you know, she's got to deal with it. And she had to go public. I can't see she had a better way to go because the Labor Party didn't want to and they weren't dealing with this satisfactory. Now, the next question I think a lot of people ask is, okay, well, why doesn't this just go to the police? Yeah. And we talked last time I was on here with you guys about how I was a Crown Prosecutor for, for seven years. I've yeah. done uh, many more sexual abuse cases than I would like to do. I've never talked to these uh, these victims, right? I, I do not know them. Uh, I, I don't speak for them in any way, shape or form, okay? So let's just put that on the table before I get to the next bit. But, but I can tell you that of 100 sexual abuse compla- uh, complaints that go to the police, you are literally talking about around a dozen that result in successful uh, convictions, if you like. Wow. And my simple point to you is, you know, the other 88, they're not lying. You know, it's a hard, gruelling process. And I encourage people to go forward to the police, right, to get justice uh, or, or to seek justice. But I'm simply saying to you, it is not that there is a rational basis for complainants to say, you know what, I, I, I'm not up for that. Uh, because there's so many myths about these things. If you're late in complaining, if, if you know, um, you didn't do everything perfectly, if you had a previous relationship uh, with the person, all of these things, you, you know, it's, it's, it's hard and it shouldn't be, but it is hard to get a conviction. And so I think that's the answer to that. Simon, in the National Party, do you have any yep. sort of structure set in place that if something similar, and let's face it, human nature yep. has no political boundaries. No. If something similar happened inside the National Party, do you have structures already established to deal with it? Yep. Yeah, we do. Uh, and look, they've got stronger, right? So um, we talked about this last week as well. I'm not going to say the guy's name. I'm sick of it, right? But, you know, we obviously had some terrible stuff in our, our party. Um, and I said to you, leadership's how you You're talking about things. Jamie Lee Ross. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. And, and look, you say leadership's how you deal with things. Within 24 hours of me having a sense of uh, certain things, um, I, I had him in my office. I made clear I had no confidence uh, in him, and he was going to the back of uh, the, the parliament uh, and, the, and the National Party. And of course, from there, all hell broke you loose, and mm. uh, yeah. you know, the rest, as they, as they say, is history. But I feel we did the right thing. Now, coming out of some of those things, we already had health and safety policies and and, and documents and so on, but they weren't up to scratch. And so we have gone through a process, we've discussed them as a caucus, as a wider national party, you know, as a political party, what a president and so on, and they are now, I think, uh, 
to use an HR term, but they are at best practice. You know, we are doing things the best we can in relation to these things. Oh, I agree with you. These things happen in organisations, um, but it is, I suppose, how you deal with them and how you minimise the chances of them happening again. We're getting some text messages. Some of them um, are a bit hard to follow, but there are, there's one here. There's, there's, you know what I'm talking about, don't you? Uh, this is democracy, man. Yeah, absolutely. Goes, yeah. well, well, here's one that, that's reasonably straightforward, I think. Uh, if the National Party is uh, returned at the next election, would you continue with the second round of the firearm regulations? Uh, no. So here's the deal. You've you got the first round. They banned the uh, MSAs, you know, the, the semi-automatics and the like. That was right in principle. Not everyone agrees, and there, there are some technical arguments you can make, but that, that was the right thing to do. I think the second bit that's happened, though, is the implementation of the buyback. That's been a fiasco. And, and I'll tell you why. Because the police say there's a quarter of a million of these guns out there. Uh, they, they, they're getting not even a, a high, a very small proportion of those in. And they're saying, it's a success, but look, most people are keeping them, and the reason for that is they're not paying full and fair value. Now what you've got is another round of gun laws uh, coming before Parliament, and we have uh, uh, about a dozen things that we say if they change, we'll support, but in short, the reason we are not supportive of this bill is it seems to us it is targeted at good law-abiding people and gun clubs and so on who are following the rules, and, and it's piling on compliance and costs and unreasonable uh, demands on them, and it's not tough enough on the, the crims, the gangs, and, and the bad guys, bluntly. You know, th- there are things that are working in Australia that are really getting at them and their guns, and there's tens and tens of thousands of them, and this bill doesn't address that. And so we're saying we're not going to support it as it is. If there are changes to it along with the lines of the, the dozen or so things we think should be changed, we could then come on board. But we're not going to sign up to it uh, as it is. As it stands at the moment, uh, Simon, National doesn't have a lot of friends in the sandpit. That would be fair to say, you guys, to get in, you need someone. And how are the talks going with the new Conservative Party? Well, you know, I, I think uh, I haven't talked with uh, Salation, I think it is, and uh, one or two others there. Um, and, and it's possible. You know, who knows what will happen? There may be talks on those reg- in those regards. I would just sort of say to you, look, a whole lot's going to happen over the next years, whether it's new Conservatives or some other, some other Christian-style or Conservative-style party, whether it's a, a Māori party, uh, whether it's a true Green party as opposed to the watermelons we've got at the moment that are green on the outside and red on the inside. Side, whether it's the fact that um, you, you know one of the parties in Parliament, you know, let's be honest about this, New Zealand First doesn't get there because they're burned off support. Now, I reckon we're in a good space. I think this election is going to be incredibly uh, competitive, and, and we'll be pushing hard to win. Now, thank you for that. Prime Minister Ardern, of course, is going to be, we've just learned in the last day or so, he's going to be meeting the Donald. Donald. The, the, the Donald, the Donald indeed. <laughs> so this is a two-part question for you, Simon. Number one, have you ever met the Donald? And B, would you be interested in meeting him? Uh, I, I would meet him. Yeah, I mean, I think it'd be fascinating. I mean, look... <laughs> This stuff always gets you in trouble when you, you proffer views on the, the, the Donald, right? I mean, I think just in this, <laughs> yeah. this, it hasn't gone so well. But I would just sort of say, you know, any politician, right, uh, it, it, they've got some good and they've got some bad. There's some things there about this guy. Actually, I quite like. I like the fact that he's a bit anti-establishment and he tells the media what he thinks. I think, though, you know, uh, some of his policies are, are wrong and, and they're not good for New Zealand. i definitely meet with him. I think the meeting would be quite different whether it was Jacinda Ardern or me. Yep, we're both Kiwis, but 
I'd be focused pretty heavily on on trade, uh, on on the fact you know we'd we'd like to see them do more and be more free trade around this agreement um, that that's happened CPTPP and you know d- doing more with us in that regard. Um, I, I think for the prime minister. She she sits there, and you know she's obviously um, uh, this this hero of the the woke progressive uh, left, and I include you two roosters in that um, in that description just there. You, and you know, proud of it, Simon. And proud of it. Exactly. Yeah. So you know she's. She's sort of got to, I think, an obligation uh, to keep faith with that, to raise Christchurch call with them. I think that, you know, I've been pretty critical of that. I've said I don't think it will achieve uh, anything. I think for it to achieve something, it needs the U.S. government in on it because all the tech companies are, are under the jurisdiction of the U.S. I think she's also got to range, uh, raise climate change. She said it's our nuclear-free moment. The U.S. is uh, pulled out of the Paris Agreement, which is the big thing we need to make uh, progress. And Look, if the biggest superpower in the world, uh, the biggest economy isn't there, I wouldn't say we're wasting our time, but it makes it much, much harder. So I think it's an important meeting for her, and I'd definitely meet him too. I'd, I'd agree with a large part of what you just said then. And finally, what's your view on legalising marijuana? Personally, I'm against, right? And I've, I'm going to. We talk next time. I'm not going to refer to the fact I was a crown prosecutor or any of that stuff, right? But I just seen too much. I don't agree with it. I think you know some people have all their arguments. I think it makes things worse. I worry about mental health. I worry about road fatalities. I worry about um, just the way you know it will will mean that more nets will stay on the couch uh, and they won't be you know great productive uh, citizens uh, leading really strong lives. Uh, in New Zealand. So I'm dead against it. Yep. I, would, I would give you this one important point, right? Yep. If you're sitting there and you're not sure and you say, oh, yeah, well, that's, that's his view, good for him, but, you know, live and live on I would say this to you. Think about Brexit in the UK. They voted before they knew what they were getting. I think we all have um, a duty to understand what it is we're getting ourselves in for. I think Jacinda Ardern's got to show us the law that will be passed and will be the law uh, if this comes in. If we can't do that, if she can't do that, I say to you, actually, you've got a duty to vote against this because you don't know what you're getting yourself into in terms of tax, in terms of advertising, in terms of drug driving rules, all of the unforeseen consequences, I say on that basis, Vote no. I think that's Simon, fair. thank you very much indeed. Now we've gone through all the light stuff, so let's get to the heavy issues now. Are you going are you going to the Rugby World Cup? Oh, look, you know that self-respecting politicians, and I say that because I've got, I think, three colleagues in the National Party who are there right now. <laughs> yeah. They can't go. It would be a holiday, right? You'd sit there and say, you know, you've yes. been telling the Prime Minister she's a part-time Prime Minister. <laughs> Where are you right now? You're a part-time leader of the opposition. <laughs> I'm not going. Um, I'm not going to watch it at home. I, I was thinking about this. I am going to, not for every game, but certainly the big ones, I'll, I'll get out of my chair. I'm going to go down to a local bar or sports club, and I'm going to watch it with hopefully hundreds of others. Good, Good on you, mate. And you'll see David Seymour at that bar too, probably. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Thank you, Simon, very much for your time. Good to chat. Appreciate it. Hey, cheers, guys. Take care. Bye. Simon Bridges, Leader of the Opposition. And if you've just tuned in, by the way, we had put out a request for the Prime Minister, Jacinda Ardern, and at this stage her people haven't got back to us. So just in the interest of fairness, we've done that. So we'll have her on as soon as she's able, I hope.